I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Recording. <laughs> Hi, you're listening to Fail Like an Artist with your hosts, Julie Battisti and me, Phoebe Ganser, a podcast discussing all the ways we've failed as artists with insight, advice and humour. Each episode, we will discuss a failure and what we've learnt from it. Howdy doody, <laughs> Phoebe. How you doing? Yeah, we're coming in strong. We're going we're gonna to have <laughs> a few more lols, hopefully, this week. Last week was quite a heavy, heavy episode, but hopefully this week we'll... I'm in a little bit of a better headspace. <laughs> oh, look, and I think some weeks, some weeks we're going to be talking about feeling like we need to quit. Some weeks we're going to be talking about much more superficial topics. Hmm. And I think that's just the way that life, like, yeah. I don't feel really. <laughs> Is that, how do we translate that? <laughs> That's my head. That's what goes on up there. I don't feel really... <laughs> <laughs> Put that on Instagram, see what the captions come up with. <laughs> I don't always feel like talking about the nitty gritty and the really deep stuff. And some weeks that's what I really need to discuss in order to sort of get through it. And I think mm. that's okay. But people seem to really enjoy... Not enjoy. I don't think anyone really enjoyed that episode. <laughs> yeah, we had love people saying, "I cried three times." And you're like, "Oh, so sorry." But then they're like, "No, no, it's fine. I really like enjoyed, well, not enjoyed, but yeah, like um, it resonated." I think. Yeah, I think it's quite common, and I think that's the important part. Is quite often we go through this stuff thinking, "I must be the only one that feels like quitting every week," mm-hmm. but actually, that's you know, it happens to everyone and yeah. every part of their journey. And yeah. Yeah, so we're not we're not going to say sorry that it was a down Debbie Down episode. <laughs> it's nice to think. Hopefully, this week we can we can just be a little bit more lighthearted and come at it with a more solution focused kind of point of view. Maybe I don't know or not. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. I don't know. If <laughs> Let's we've keep got our expectations low. <laughs> Lower the bar. How's your week been? Up and down. It's been good because I've my children are back at school, which I did enjoy the holidays, and I do love spending time with my children, and I love my children to bits. And I feel like you've always got to put that caveat. You've got to put like, that in. Like I know. Fuck, I'm glad they're back. I at could school, not. But it was I, lovely. <laughs> I love my children, but I can't do any art really when they're around. You know, beyond a little tiny bit of the kitchen table here and there. And it's just busy. It's just full on. And mm. my battery by the end was, was completely flat. And um, I was sort of running on, you know, coffee fumes. So I, it was, it was really nice to have just a bit of space and be back in my studio and just have that autonomy of like, oh, I can do whatever I want to do right now. And actually just had silence. I listened to one podcast on the Monday and then I actually just that was it. I just, I, that yesterday I didn't even listen to any podcasts. I just had silence. I just needed wow. silence. I really struggle to work in silence. Well, normally I do. But I think my brain was just so 
busy and overwhelmed and I don't know just overstimulated or something mm. from the whole kind of just constant noise and everything from in the holidays and just constant demands and needs and being at someone's you know beck and call and just you did know, you di- struggle to find your focus or did you just like launch straight back into painting oh uh, yeah I <laughs> launched straight back into trying to finish this painting and then immediately messed it up <laughs> the background oh, it's fine. I stuffed up a background too this week, isn't it? Oh, I literally then spent four hours correcting a mistake that I made on, uh, like, just dripping some paint and then having to then, oh, I don't know, long story, but it just, then, you know, I couldn't colour match and then I had to repaint the entire background. It was just like one of those things where I was like, yeah. It probably was fine and I shouldn't have even gone in to this one area, but then I thought, I'll just do this little bit and then it just was wrong and then... I did exactly the same thing on one of mine. Mm-hmm. Something in the air. Yeah. Oh, was I was feeling fun? like after not painting much because I had Elfie home all mm. last week and then we had a long weekend, which felt really long. Like, like you know, <laughs> I love my kids too, but Jesus Christ, that weekend just went on forever. <laughs> and then last night I had said to my husband that we would go out for dinner together, which was lovely. We had a really nice time. Oh, nice. I went out for dinner last night. Yeah. Not with my husband. <laughs> <laughs> well, lucky you. <laughs> <laughs> love my husband too. <laughs> He doesn't listen. Edit that. (laughs) He doesn't listen. It doesn't matter. (laughs) We had a really nice time, but then I got back and I was like, I'm just going to sneak into the studio and get some work done. Did get some good work done and then I should have left it. But I was like, I'm just going to do this background and get like a head start on tomorrow. Mm. Well, I've just created more work for myself because I stuffed it up. So I was like, oh. So what time did you go to bed? I was like midnight. Oh, my God. You went out for dinner and then you went to the studio? I mean... We were like Nana Central. We were home by nine. So, so was I. Well, I was home by half nine. But I was like, I'm going straight to bed. My tummy is full of curry. <laughs> I can't move. Do you know what? Alfie still wakes up at about midnight every night. And so sometimes like, it gets to 11 and I think, oh, maybe I could go to bed. And then I think, well, if I just go to bed, then I'm going to sit there for an hour and then Alfie's going to wake up. Hmm. May as well just use the hour. Like this year I was going to be sleep deprived no matter what happened. So I'm like, wow. Well, May as well oh, you're, you're, make it productive. You're incredible. <laughs> nah. Nah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's nice that you went out. Oh, that's fun. Anyway, sorry, I cut you off and then talked about me. I can't remember what I was saying. We've <laughs> <laughs> gone well. <laughs> just being in the studio, yeah, and then it was just, it's just been nice. But then yesterday I was really homesick. So yesterday I had a bit of blur day because it was a year ago this time last year that I was went back to England for five weeks and like my photo memories popped up and reminded me you know tortured you tortured me yeah and it's just it just every now and then it's just really hard and it really hits me how far away I am and time's passing and you know missing family and it's just hard and we had such a lovely time last year and I, I sort of was like oh, I wish we could have done it again this year now in the summer when I went in a bit of a hole so mm. I think I needed silence and just to have a bit of a pity party <laughs> so then right. I went for a nice long walk and it was sunny like winter cold but bright blue sky sunny and it was good walk is such a good idea we were Mm. talking last week because I actually got a skipping rope out on um the days where I couldn't get a walk in and just did 200 skips and then we've been sending each other our step count at the end of the day yeah but then after that one day of skipping I felt like 100 years old my knees were so sore so I can't well when you said to you said I did 200 skips and I was like I've got a skipping rope I'll have a go at that and then I got to like 75 skips and was like, Jesus Christ, Julie, this is really hard. I felt like a really good like mini workout that was like freshed yeah. me up before but going I was into thinking, the studio. Oh, come, it won't be hard. And then I was like, like eh, eh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually kind of relieved that you found it difficult. Yeah, I mean, I, I did pumped. the 200, but I was like, either Julie's a machine or like I'm hoping that she didn't just do this without breaking a sweat. No. Well, I mean, it was like the only chance. I had only like 10 minutes where I was like, okay, I've got to just fit in some sort of yeah. physical exercise. Get the blood flowing. Yeah. It was, it was, it felt good. I just feel like my knees won't. When we said we'd do that and I was like, all right, Julie, I'll see your 200 and raise you. Well, I will actually just do 200 as well. And I did that for those three days. 
And then, so I did my art workshop for the children. Like, I think the last time we talked, I was saying I was just oh, about yes. to go and do my art workshop. So I did, so that last week I had my art workshop, which was a really full on day. And I started, I got there just after eight and I didn't leave till 5.30. And I did like, by the end of the day, my watch had done like, it's told me I'd done over 12 and a half thousand steps. And it was not a huge room, you know, so I'm like obviously doing lots and lots of laps <laughs> in that room. Oh my God, hats off to teachers because it, like teaching is full on. And I was wrecked the next day. I could barely speak mm. the next day. But the worst part was like I, my legs felt tired, tired and sort of achy that day because of the skipping. But then <laughs> the next morning I got out of bed and I was like, oh my God, my calves are absolutely in agony I couldn't walk (laughs) properly and I was like oh my legs hurt so much and my husband's like what 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 were you doing like you weren't you've and I was like I've done I did 12 and a half thousand steps and he was like well that's not that much and I was like no you're right like actually that's not that much why do they hurt so much and I was like maybe it was a skipping and he goes well what shoes were you wearing and then I go oh no (laughs) I was wearing my Crocs Crocs. Serves you right. I gave myself like croc calf. (laughs) 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 I thought that they would be a sensible kind of skipping shoe. Skipping? No, I didn't wear the crocs skipping. I wore the crocs for the workshop. You wore the crocs to the workshop. (laughs) Yes. I'd have been made to stay on if I was skipping. Maybe if I put the back the backs on. Um, no I wore them to the workshop because I thought I don't know why I was kind of in a rush to be honest and I just they were there and I thought I'll put them on and I was like chefs wear crocs don't they yeah (laughs) when they cook and stuff but the thing with crocs is they're quite wide aren't they and you've got to kind of scrunch your toes a bit to kind of keep them on and because I was doing so many laps of the classroom like as I I was doing laps around the table quite a lot to make sure that every child was you know okay and on task and stuff and but I, and I think because I was wearing the Crocs, like a normal shoe is closed in and it's supported. You know, you just walk around. But I, I was like scrunching my toes. Get I guess to kind of able to keep my Crocs on. And that keep like dignity inside the shoe. Doing that for twelve and a half thousand out, steps. Huh? What did you say? <laughs> you were trying to keep your dignity inside your shoes. I was trying but... to keep my, that is, it, my dignity escaped through the holes long ago. <laughs> anyway um so then I had really 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 sore calves so memo to self don't wear crocs for a workshop unless you're seasoned unless you're a seasoned croc wearer because I don't wear mine apart from just sitting in my studio so I'm not used to walking in them Um, (laughs) and it's gonna stay that way it's gonna stay that way well I think it was the skipping I think the skipping didn't help they were they were already sore and then I I'm then assigning hundred percent of that blame to the crocs. <laughs> no, I think it was fifty fifty. <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, so I uh, felt very old after the skipping. Yeah. I felt very old after the workshop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it went well though. That's good. Yeah, it did go well. Like I really, really enjoyed it and the kids seemed to have an amazing time and I got some lovely feedback from the parents sending me nice messages saying how much their kids enjoyed it and how proud they were of their art and like how they were one of them was like gonna give it to grandma but the then the child was like no I want to keep it and frame it and put it in my room and that lovely That's stuff cute. yeah and how one little boy was like she was the best teacher I've ever had so she was so kind and I was like oh it's not so nice um because you just don't know how how kids are going to receive you yeah, so I'll definitely, I'll definitely do some of those again. I think in another holidays. And um, what was nice was that one of the parents uh, was part of a homeschool group, and they've contacted me and are keen to do some more art sessions during the week, which works really well for me because um, I can't really do after school art workshops because of having you know three children and stuff like that. But during the week, I've got time that I could assign Yay. to. Yeah, so that's kind of an opportunity that I hadn't it hadn't occurred to me. So, you know, these are the this is the thing about this whole pivoting and sometimes there's an idea out there that you it won't even you know, you won't even have thought of yourself. Like that had not even I don't know why, but it hadn't even crossed my mind. 
Yeah, you don't know what you don't know. Exactly, you don't know what you don't know. And so I think, and then also from from that workshop, I you know I shared a bit about it on Instagram, and I had a few messages from people saying, you know, oh, would you ever do an online version of of a, of a kids up course? Again, something I hadn't really thought of. I think I was thinking about doing courses for adults and I was thinking well yeah I could just do something aimed for kids as well yeah I think when you're stuck in that like when you're in that mindset of everything is awful it's really hard to see any of Mm. the possible opportunities and I know even when I've been in that mindset in the past and then I've tried speaking to people about it and they've offered me potential solutions but I wasn't open to hearing them at Mm. that time you know when you just sort of think oh I'm not don't tell me how to fix it I just (laughs) just want to sit in this for a minute and I think it's okay to just be it's okay to almost mourn the fact that something's not working for a while Mm. and then when you're up for it and obviously you'd put yourself out there and I think you were it you must have been in an interesting headspace when you were teaching like were you feeling happy or um yeah resenting the fact that you were doing it I guess is what I'm getting I think I'm quite all or nothing personality wise Mm. And then I kind of get this burst of energy, I suppose, and a kind of adrenaline or something, you know, when I just think, like, okay, I'm going to make this really good. And, and then I'm like, I really want to make this really good. Like, but that's, I, I think, that's gonna... really... Because you would have enjoyed the actual process of doing it. And when you're enjoying it, and I think especially with teachers, you can tell if your teacher wants to be there or not. And yeah. I think students often react to that. And so I think the other opportunities wouldn't have come across if your mindset hadn't have been, mm. I'm doing this, got a good approach to this, I'm enjoying it, I'm going to give it my all. Yeah. And then that sort of rubs off and then the next thing comes about because I was like, oh, she was great at that. Let's, would she? Yeah. Like if I had had to teach another class the next day, <laughs> even without croc, calm situation, <laughs> I think I would have really like struggled. I think if you can approach it and enjoy it, Mm. and then I feel like that's when you'll get a lot out of it and the students will get a lot out of it and you never know what other opportunities will come up but if you went into it thinking I just have to do this to make some money I don't enjoy it I hate this a I think you would have hated that whole day the students probably wouldn't have had a great time and those other opportunities wouldn't have come up either and it would have been a yes you might have made some money just for that day Mm. but at what cost yeah exactly yeah anyway just a mindset a thought on mindset I think really so what's the rest of your week going to look like, Julie? I am hoping to get into the studio and actually maybe try and get maybe 80% of the way there with one of my clouds. I'm cool. really enjoying them at the moment and I feel like I just need to, usually I try and work on quite a few at once, but I feel like I need to just push one that little bit further so that I can see, like get something close to the finish line. Because sometimes I think when they're all meandering around that sort of teenage awkward stage, Mm. I'll get to that, oh, I don't know if this is, is this ever going to get there? Are the clouds going to be good? What? Yeah, I just for myself, I need to push it a little bit further. So just sort of stick with one to get it. Yeah. Um, so that's an exciting thing to think about, but I'm still at that daunted, everything is awful stage, but that's that's normal. And Oh, I'm they fine. look great to me so far. They look like what I would consider finished. So. <laughs> Oh, thanks. No, no. I'm in my head about them a little bit, but still enjoying it, which is quite nice. Where are you on the fail scale? Uh, So, I mean, I feel like uh, I'm probably not too, but I'm probably like a six. I would be higher because I do feel like I've just found out my art workshop, my second adult's art workshop has sold out for... Um, Sunday so I'm doing another paint and sip or I had to put that in it but it's really just an art workshop where they can bring a drink if they want but I was a bit panicked because initially the sales were a bit slow and yeah I only had two people coming for quite a while so that was like you know when you start to think like okay do Mm. I have to cancel it and then all of a sudden it's like ping 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 and and now it's sold out so (sighs) thanks for leaving it for the last minute guys (laughs) (laughs) that's good though (laughs) yeah no, it's good. So that, that's that's kind of be going to be what I'm working on for the rest of this week is getting everything organised for that. Doing the doing the demo. I'm actually going to try and record the demo when I paint it, so that I may be able to turn that into an uh, online course. That's a good idea. Is ten bad or is ten good? I've forgotten how the fail scale works. I don't know. I'm on six. Ten is terrible. 
Okay, so you're like more than halfway to terrible. Well, I so I would have been like, I would have felt like, oh, I've sold my course out. I've just finished a painting. I probably would have been like an eight or, you know, oh no, I would have been a two. Oh God, I'm so bad at that. So I would have been like a two because I, I, I would have been like, yeah, I'm actually, I'm, I'm doing well. But then I stuffed up varnishing oh, painting. Yeah, you messaged me about that. Yeah, so that that really brought me down. That that really added some points back on. <laughs> um, so that is in a process of being fixed at the moment. I'm waiting. It should arrive today. I've got the tracking number saying that I've got some gamsole arriving today to try and take off the the final layer of varnish. But yeah, I don't know what happened. I think because I used a satin varnish and there wasn't much left in the bottle. And I think the uh, matting agent that makes it satin yeah, had like, um, perhaps because I think when I first used that bottle, I didn't realize how much you had to shake it. So the first couple of times I used that varnish, the, it, the results came out fairly glossy and I couldn't work out why. And then I realised that you had to really, really shake it in order to kind of get the satin kind of effect because the, the mattifying agents or whatever like, had settled and I hadn't realised. And so now I'm at, I was using the last sort of third of the bottle and I think that it had more mattifying agents. I hadn't like mm. thought this through. And so when I did the varnish, there was just a patch of it that was duller than the rest and I couldn't really work it out. And then I tried to fix it by doing another layer of varnish on the top but that just actually made it worse. And then mm. I said to you, Julie, what do I do? <laughs> and I feel like I feel extra stupid for stuffing stuff up after doing an episode on varnishing. I like, yeah, I was like, I've, I've gone through this in my own head. I've revisited the mistakes. I've said to myself, trial at first. <laughs> and it was only a small painting as well. I was like, how can I have stuff? And then part of me wants to just not bother varnishing stuff anymore. Like, I don't know if I need to varnish acrylic paint. It, if you're it's, using good quality acrylics, I know quite a few artists sell their paintings without varnishing them. Like, I don't know if you need to, really, because acrylic paint is, like, in itself a plastic and it cures and it becomes pretty durable. I think we should look into this and do a little bit of research. <sighs> like it, it just, this, this, this has been so stressful the past few days <laughs> that mm. I, I'm like, I don't know, like, this isn't worth it. Because I've been using a matte varnish for my oil paintings for a while now. And I also find that sometimes it can be hard to get a consistent matte look across the whole finish of the painting. And because you shouldn't put two coats of matte on, it doesn't work that well. You always end up, I find it's always ended up a little bit patchy if I tried to do another coat of matte. Mm. So what I've started doing is the last couple of coats of the oil paint that I use, I've been using a matte medium so that the final finish on the painting, so I used to put um, like a retouch varnish on, for my last coat and so it would all be shiny and so if there were any problems at all with the varnishing what would come through would be shiny next to a really matte varnish and I think that's why it looked super inconsistent right but now so I do my last coat in a matte medium so the whole surface is matte Mm. and then I do a matte varnish over the top and so if one area is slightly thinner than the other the whole look of the Mm, um, piece is still matte and I find that I'm just getting a much more consistent look with the paintings so I wonder for you if you could use a satin medium first and then do a satin varnish and so if anything I think it's different though I think because oil it's absorbent so you kind of need that in between layer don't you but yeah acrylic's not absorbent absorbent it's it's like plastic it's just got like a uh, resistance anyway like mm. so anyway that's where I am I would have been I would have been low I kind of whizzed back up to semi-high how about you Where whereabouts are you on the fail scale do you know I just asked you that question I don't even know what my own answer is oh, look I'm gonna call it a five because I don't really know <laughs> I'm enjoying my painting but it has been I've got to say I have been had a few days where I've been grouchosaurus at home because I haven't had much time in the studio and that um, time crunch is creeping in a little bit. So yeah, I'm smack in the middle. I'm not, you know, everything's not awful, but everything's not like sunshine and roses either. So yeah, it's all right. That's okay. That's all right. That's all right. So last week we said we were going to talk about threads. I feel mm. 
I'm interested to hear your thoughts because I don't yeah. I don't know where I'm at with it. Well, it's 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 an interesting one, isn't it? It's a bit of a curveball, the old Zuckerberg throwing a new app into the, the mix when you're like, do we really need another app? Mm. <laughs> and I have to be honest, I'm not. I'm on the fence. I would say at the moment, I think being an early adopter of something is sometimes quite a good idea to kind of get in early and mm. make your mark and and you put your put your flag in the sand or whatever and kind of say yeah I'm here even if then you kind of peter you might not necessarily stick with it but at least you're there mm. at least you've you've so I've and I'm quite lucky I think obviously having a big following on Instagram a lot of those people that have joined threads that already follow me had have uh, automatically followed me there as well um, and but it's quite nice because it's an it's a niche following compared to what I've got in on Instagram really it's almost like the only people that actually ever engage with me on Instagram are over on threads engaging with me so in a way that my engagement feels kind of better more genuine and more genuine and mm. almost more intimate in a way you know mm. if, if that's the right word and I quite like it because it seems to me so far that that it's anything goes. You know, anything goes. You can kind of say whatever you want. You you can share pictures, photos, you know, memes. You can share links. So I've shared links to the podcast on there, which has been quite good on my personal page. <sighs> Look, the potential benefits are the that when you do share something with a link, it's easy for other people to find and at the moment there mm. does seem to be quite a good like algorithm of showing in other people's feeds people they don't follow so it's kind of showing you a little bit it's like suggested. tiktok like a yeah. tiktok did i say tick tip top that's an ice cream brand it's showing you people you follow plus a kind of suggested people at the beginning i couldn't quite work that out and, and then I realized that there's a little black plus sign, which means like you're not following this this person, but they're suggested to, you know, they've, they've shown you their post. So you could potentially follow them or you can easily mute, mute them. So I've been going through to mute the ones I don't really want to see to try and um, curate the algorithm to tell it what I'm interested in and what I'm not interested in. Then I'm starting to see more artists in that in my feed. So this is a kind of way that people can use it You've just got to have a kind of play around, I think. Um, but yeah, so it does mean people can share direct links. And I, I, I think that that is a potentially quite valuable aspect of it that Instagram doesn't have. And I wonder, going forward with all the issues with Instagram's algorithm and reach and ads and spamming and all of that, that it may be that there is a shift where people kind of start to move over to threads. Potentially, this is just me thinking. Mm. And Instagram could almost sort of become a little bit less um, people's go-to. It might not. And it might be that threads just is a bit of a flash in the pan, sort of novelty, and it fizzles out. And, you know, in a month's time, no one's using it but equally if they keep it ad free for a while and they may be playing the long game like they did with instagram where they want people to get sucked in you know have it as their go-to get have it as their main dopamine dopamine provider and then they start to sneak in the ads which no doubt they will at some point but for now without having ads and with having this um kind of you know more uh, like I don't know curatable feed I suppose it potentially offers a kind of a solution to some of the problems that Instagram's had with for people mm. do you know what I mean I just yeah I don't, I'm a bit more skeptical I don't think they'll make it to the end of the year before they introduce a lot of ads personally and so from where I sit I'm like I'm not going to spend all this time building up a platform mm. that will eventually because like yeah. they will have, want to make revenue from it the same way that mm. they've done with their other platforms. Oh, yeah. 
I think it'll end up being like Instagram and 60% sponsored content. And I think the fact that they're already doing so much suggested um, users and uh, algorithmic posting for me is less appealing. Like I don't. Yeah. I, I don't, I, and that's just, I, I'm a bit, it's I not can my see jam how, anyway. I can see how it, I, and that's the thing. I think it's, it's not going to be for everyone, everyone. Mm. Definitely. It's definitely not. It, and it, it, I think because I put a post up asking people what how they were finding it and it was almost split sort of 50-50 with people saying, yeah, I really enjoy it, I really love it, I really like how I can just be a bit more spontaneous and, and just say whatever's in my head and post quite random stuff and it doesn't have, you know, it feels like I can just be a bit more authentic or less curated and I'm finding loads of new artists and lots of new people following me and, you know, so it was either those messages or it just feels like a complete time waster. I haven't got time for it. And it's just another thing that I don't need. And yeah, you know, I pretty... think so it could swing either way. And it just depends, I think on your personality, perhaps. I think, yeah, I think for me, I have been trying to spend less time on social media rather than more. So introducing a new app, I don't need more mindless scrolling in my life. I have gone in and set up my account and I think it's a worthwhile thing to do, like to get the ball rolling in case it does take off. And if everyone shifts over to threads, then I will use it. But I cannot see myself trying to find time for two apps. Mm. I just, I, I don't want to do that. No. Um, and then I also think for me, the fact that it's more text-based, I just don't know that that's my space anyway. Mm. I think mm. I wonder whether it's, I find it hard with text-based comments sometimes to see tone in Mm. what people are saying. And I think because I am probably, I can be quite sensitive and read things in a certain way. Just the risk of getting upset by things for me is greater. I'd Mm. rather have a longer form, more nuanced conversation about something. And that's probably why I sometimes struggle writing an Instagram caption that I am happy with. Like, yes, I can write Mm here's another painting till the cows yeah. come home. Yeah. <laughs> um, but for me, I quite like the fact that part of the Instagram that I like is that it's image based and it's a bit quieter and it's not about the mm. words as much. Mm. And oh, the, yeah. I don't, f- I find the connection part is not that strong when it's just lots of instant comments. Mm. I don't, I personally don't connect with, <clears throat> with that so much. Um, I am curious to see what's going to happen with things like bots and stuff on threads, whether Mm. that's going to become a problem or whether that's going to be more of an Instagram problem because that part I don't enjoy so much on Instagram. So I've sort of thought, right, well, I'm just going to investigate it. I'm going to go in with a kind of curious mind because I I quite like to kind of... You're good at that. Yeah, it just sort of interests me to be, um, I don't know, just like intrigued by new stuff like this so I'm but I've found I'm spending less time on Instagram so I'm probably not spending any more time on social media like mm-hmm. than I you know normal I'm trying to like keep it to under an hour a day which feels like it's still a huge amount but you know over the course of a day it just ends up being that with replying to messages and stuff do you know what I think it is I feel like on Instagram these days I spend a lot of time in messages you know reading and writing longer form messages yeah. and sending voice notes and that sort of thing and responding to images with, mm. you know, those thoughts. Yeah. Um, whereas on threads, I feel like it's just the the top line and I don't know how to sort of yeah. this. I don't know that I see much depth beneath it yet and they might change that as they grow the app because I, I know th- they did roll yeah. it out quite quickly. But oh, I, don't I think it's I think it's – it's not like threads is not one I want to spend much time scrolling but I found when I've posted I've got a lot of thoughtful replies so I think Mm. I got like I can't even remember now but like I I posted um and I got like 45 replies or something when I asked about how people are finding threads so and then I was finding other people were um you know commenting on within so it became like a well I guess the whole point of threads is like but those com those replies became almost then micro conversations in themselves because people Mm. were then replying within a reply and then the person was that person was replying within that reply and so the the actual thread of my um question became multiple strands of 
yeah. people's conversations. But what I found, forgetting the scroll side, if I just went on my profile and opened up that conversation and read and replied to some of those messages, I was finding some really interesting thoughts and mm. conversations happening, which was kind of a nice change from just like yeah. Instagram where it's like, here's my picture. Yeah, oh, that's not, you know, sometimes it's just whatever you've posted and then sometimes the replies are just like, wow, that's lovely or that's so amazing. And then it's just like, thank you, thank you very much, thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, that's all I seem to do is just write, thank you so much, I appreciate it, thank you. Which, that, whereas this in the threads, it became much more nuanced and kind of conversation-y if you know mm. what I mean. If most people are saying it's, it seems to have quite a nice atmosphere at the moment, which I quite like. I think I just, I worry about when the conversations start to get less nice. Like just the fact that everyone responds so quickly with yeah. their thoughts. Not that I don't, I think people should be able to say what they want in an unguarded way. I just, I find for me, I worry about that side of it, of reading something the wrong way and then yeah. getting upset. And, and so then you kind of don't even want to go there in the first so place. then I, I think yeah. I can't post in case I don't I want to yeah. continue the conversation and what if what if what if what if yeah I might be overthinking it maybe you're being a perfectionist around the whole situation <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to use it to your favor go in there three times a day share your paintings share the link to your website you know keep throwing it out there because you're not saturated within an app with hundreds of millions of followers because there is only you know, in comparison, a very small amount of followers, you're much less likely to drown, you know, or be just lost in the void. You're, mm. you're much more likely to be shown to the people that are on there. So it could be, from, I I think, a, a worthwhile thing to, to look into if you're struggling with growth on Instagram. If Instagram's working for you and you're finding it, no problems and you don't want to go there, absolutely no loss. Like, yeah, whatever, it's fine. But if you're finding it hard on Instagram to get seen, you feel like you've stagnated, you feel like you're just sick of the ads, like, it might be worth investing. Just give it a week. See what happens when you post three times a day for a week and share photos. See, three see? times a day is a lot. Oh, exactly. I'm saying that's the extreme it could be that okay. you just do it once a day yeah. but like if you just give it a go like do you know what I mean like mm. you can't go if you want to make some growth happen and you want to see some results then you do kind of have to go in and go hard I think okay. I mean if you've got oh, you're such you've a got, good early adopter I'm such a back in my day <laughs> we only needed to post once a day to Instagram well, I just but you know, I think you are and I think this is where I find the benefit of a nuanced conversation is I probably would have just said, I'm not, I don't know if I'm for threads and the echo chamber around me would have just said, yeah, no, I don't have time. Yeah. And that's all I would have heard. Yeah. But I find the fact that when you actually open up and have a longer form conversation with someone about stuff like this, I'm now like, oh, actually, I reckon I might give it a go. You So, so you've got work at, at Studio Gallery Group. So you could mm. find that link that links directly to that Um page where they can buy the artwork you can chuck that photo up with the link mm. you don't need to even write anything you've you've that could take you less than a minute yeah. walk away and you don't know whose eyes are going to see that because at the moment the algorithm is really quite just i don't even know what they're using but that will that will get under new people's eyes whether that's three people's eyes that are new or 300 people's eyes i don't know yeah. It's so easy to be like, I haven't got time for this. And it's like, if you want to grow and if you want to make something, if you want to make something happen in this difficult time, there is an opportunity here that potentially, if you just invest 30 seconds to copy and paste a link from your website and the photo that you've already taken of a piece of work, it might get you something. Mm. Might get you nothing, but it might get you something. In my head, I'm still stuck in that whole quality over quantity debate over... Mm. But I think I... we're in the luxury of, like, we've already got the big established following yeah, on Instagram. it's so very I can... true. I just, I don't think it's the be-all and end-all. Like, having, getting more followers isn't... No. Getting the, finding the right people, and I think that's the question we've kind of got to ask ourselves. Mm. Are you collectors going to be on threads? Because if you're just re reaching more people to get 
likes and affirmation that your work is nice, there's a limited, like, is it worth the effort? And I think that's... it's, you're totally right. There might not be the collectors on there. You might just be finding an art community, in which case, if art that's not something you really, yeah, like it's it's a lot. If I could clone myself, <laughs> I think it would be a really good place to try and grow the podcast. Like if if oh, I, yeah. you know, like because because of that organic reach, um, and because you can share the direct links. So part of me is thinking maybe I should just not bother too much with my own personal one. Now I've kind of dipped my toe in and seen how it's gone. I should probably log out of that one, log back into the the flap one and maybe repost whatever I post on the flap Instagram, just repost that. And then you're not really creating new content. You're just repurposing content you've already made in the hope of reaching new ears and eyes. I would say part of that does scare me though as well is because I feel like, Yes, we do want to keep, we definitely want to keep um, growing the podcast. So, you know, while we're on that, like, follow, share, do all the things, please. Repost us on threads. Yes, please. Um, (laughs) But sometimes I feel like opening up the conversation to a wider audience. So say if we put up a question about, you know, do you ever feel like giving up like you did last week? And you Mm. had a lovely art community response that was really supportive. I just, I worry that if the community becomes more like it did on twitter and i don't Mm. think that it at the moment everyone is just saying it's like instagram was when it first started it's really community based and really positive and Mm -hmm. uh, one of my worries with starting the podcast was how much am i opening myself up to criticism and how easily Mm -hmm. can i not look at that or not engage with that or and i think it is important to take feedback on board but i think there's a point when something goes public where you've got to shield yourself a little bit Mm. but that's why I don't mind taking control of that aspect of it because I don't get bothered by that at all probably a lot more sensitive (laughs) so for me like the thought of posting whatever onto threads and if some idiot goes on and goes oh this podcast is rubbish I'll be like oh you sound like you need a hug <laughs> like it doesn't even bother me at all because I'm like who is this person like yeah horses for courses that might have to exactly. be played around yeah and I think that's the thing it's like totally it's not going to be for everybody and it's not and it and it, it it's not gonna I don't think it's the be all and end all and I don't think it's something you have to do or need to do but I just think you know worth worth kind of looking into if you find that you need to kind of either find a community or try to expand and not in a kind of because you need more followers but more in just trying to get yourself under different eyes okay so we we've got some questions um that came through from last week's um, and prior to last week's recording about quitting and feeling like giving up, etc. So let's dig into those now. I'd love any insight on knowing if you need to rest or recharge or if you should work through a mental block. I don't really know what she means by mental block. I kind of need an example. Okay, let's say, for example, if you can't think of your next painting, what you're going to do. Okay. Oh, well, I definitely need to do something different I don't I wouldn't want to just be impulsive and kind of just go oh I'll just pick that then like for me I would need to do something whether it would be go for a run or do some nothing to do with art for a bit or whether I just go okay well I'm not sure what I'm going to do next so I'll do a side project like I'll pick some something to work on small scale like at the moment I'm doing some little landscapes on paper but just because I had um not much time in the holidays but I had the kitchen table <laughs> which is always my kids doing craft at the kitchen table and I can't just sit there watching them because <laughs> like I want to claw my eyes out no <laughs> um no we I, love I, them. <laughs> we love them um but you know I'm always like oh so what can I do at the table you know I'm not going to necessarily do something that's going to take a lot of my bandwidth but something quite simple and uh, calming you know that I can just work away up 10 minutes at a time put it to one side and it doesn't matter but during that process I often then start to think about other ideas in the background 
of like, mm. oh, actually, if I, I could do something like this bigger, but maybe actually I could use oil paint. And then if I, oh, yeah, imagine if I did one like meter by a meter, that would be quite cool. And I could, and so then these ideas start to tick away in the background whilst I'm doing the other mm. thing. Yeah. Um, I guess that's what I would, that's kind of how I approach it. What about you? What's your kind of... I'm probably quite similar. Like my first thought would be do a job that's totally unrelated, but that's still making progress. So I couldn't, I'm not very good at resting. No, but I cleaning would wash... my entire house, you know, something like that sometimes. No, I'd have to be studio related for me. Okay. So I'd wash my brushes, stretch some canvases, do something where I still feel like I'm making progress, right. but I'm not putting my pressure on myself to get that job done. And if I've done all of that, then my next step would be, let's say I can't think of what flower to paint next. Right. I would go probably buy a few flowers and experiment with photographing them and see if anything Mm -hmm. came up from that. If I hadn't already thought of a specific idea, I'm definitely more of a work through a problem kind of a person. I think sometimes I can't think of the solution, but I can create or find a solution. I think that like different learning styles, you know how some people learn better with, um, uh, with visual communication, some work better writing it down, you've Mm. got to find how you are best working through a mental block because what works for me and Phoebe may not work for you. So there's some examples and I think it is useful sometimes because Phoebe and I are often quite different that it's, um, it's interesting to hear someone else's point of view, but I think it's also really important that you don't just do what someone else has done. You find what is your style. Okay. What to do with paintings you've given up on or didn't think were successful? what do you do I feel like this could be a podcast all on its own with the answers to it personally if I'm not if I've given up on a painting or I didn't think it was successful I would unstretch it and start again I would probably wouldn't put a work out there that I wasn't proud of mm-hmm. because I feel like it then changes the way that I see my work and I'm not happy with other people probably seeing it and looking at it as though that's her finished work I if I realize soon enough then I haven't got that far in I will just gesso over the painting usually you know I might have spent 10 hours on it but it doesn't matter because mm. <laughs> I'd rather realize now than 20 hours in um and then they're the ones that I have finished and I don't think they're that successful and they they yeah, that they either just go in the skip eventually, in a, in the to the dump. They're really bad, unfortunately. Or I've just got like quite a pile in my garage that I probably need to get rid of and take to the dump. There but are, I wouldn't I mean, sell them. Like they're, you know, this is a this is definitely the I ones that I'm like I'm not I'm not going to sell this. Yeah, I think there are other ways of looking at that as well. So when I think about past projects that I've given up on so for example those satin photographs that I did that printed I still had I I still have two of them and every so often someone will ask me and I'll you know give it away or um I've Mm. sold a couple and then there's my old when I went through my lino printing stage occasionally I'll put some pictures of my old lino prints on Instagram and someone will say I'd like to buy that and I just move them on for cheap just to get myself some space in the studio Mm. but I'm not it's not I am proud of those works and the finished state that they're in it's just a project I'm no longer pursuing if that makes Mm. sense I think it's quite different the ones that you didn't like and didn't think were successful to just older work there's quite a big difference um with yeah like I wouldn't even there's a few ones on paper that I don't that perhaps didn't go right or if I'm just um, having a bit of a play and I'm like, oh, I can't turn this into anything that I would sell. I often cut those up and use those as little note cards when I send a painting off. Um, That's cute. Yeah. Because there might be a little bit of that, you know, maybe an A4 painting, but if I cut it down, it, I can turn it into like two, I don't know, like 10 by 15 in, uh, centimetre postcard sized yeah, that's a really nice idea. Paint, paint. And then, and because they're kind of abstract, it's not really like a thing. And then I can just write a note on the back and pop that in the with a painting that's sold. And then it's just a little way of using up paper. <laughs> it's got something nice on it. It's not, you know, it's not bin worthy, but it's not sell worthy. My question is, how do you deal with creative constipation, as I like to call it? 
Mm-hmm. So when you have an endless stream of ideas and projects you want to do, but limited time, do you let go of ideas even though they're really good or just let them sit for years until maybe one day there's more time? The frustration of built-up ideas and not enough outlet time is what makes me want to give up sometimes. It's a really interesting question. Mm. Yeah, I like the idea of creative... Well, I don't like the idea of creative constipation, but I, <laughs> I, I empathise and I identify with the idea. I definitely have suffered from from that. And it's really hard sometimes to not stick with what you're doing and not, and drop, not drop that idea and go and follow the dopamine of a new idea that's you know like oh but I want to do this and I want to do that ah it can be really hard I don't think you should let go of ideas if they're really good if you feel like there's something in them that you could make something from then certainly giving them a go like I gave something a go a little over a year ago and it didn't go anywhere I probably only dabbled with this idea for a month alongside doing other stuff and it kind of got it out of my system. And then I was like, actually, no, I'm not really into this. I don't want to do it and let it go. But it was but it was quite good because rather than have it festering, nagging at mm. me and, and making me think I need to, I really want to do this, I really want to do this, and then kind of resenting what I was doing, I just was like, you know what, just, okay, a couple of, couple of mornings a week, do a bit of that. And so I did. And then after a couple, you know, a few weeks of doing it, I was like, oh, I'm not really into it, actually. I don't, I can't, I can't see this going anywhere long term. And so I kind of let it, it just sort of fizzled out. And and then I kind of had this renewed energy for what I was working on and I, I could get on with it, if you're not, yeah. Writing those ideas down and then perhaps revisiting every month, look, you know, going, right, mm. okay, well, what can I pick out of that list this month that I could do, dedicate a couple of hours a week to doing mm. and that could be something that you could work work at it as a kind of side project. I think writing them down is a really good idea. I don't know about you, when I have new ideas for the first time, I think that they're really great. I always think that my new idea is the best thing I've ever heard. Mm. And then sometimes over time, when I'm trying to, I guess, uh, figure out how that idea would work, sometimes it turns out that that idea was maybe not as great as I initially thought. Yeah. Or sometimes the practicalities of it don't work. And so sometimes I think writing them down and thinking them through a little bit beyond the top line yeah. will either show you whether you need to pursue that idea or not. And I think as much as I feel like at the moment everyone's saying niche down, like yeah. find your one thing and do that, you might be one of those people that likes to do lots of things at once. Yeah. And if that's the case, then do as many things as you can if that's what brings you joy. Yeah. I don't think that there is one way of doing things. No. I feel like this is just my mantra today. You do you, babe. Yeah, you do you. But, you know, I think that's, I mean, writing down ideas when you've got them is essential because when you want to, when you need them and when you start looking for them, that's when you just get crickets. Yeah. So. The last question is, I guess I struggle with wanting to know if, if it's ever okay to quit. How do you know if selling has taken the passion away and you should stop or you just need to pull up your socks and see it as a challenge? What are some of the reasons that makes it okay to stop and not see it see it as quitting? <sighs> yeah, I mean I I can feel this like I can resonate with this quite a lot because I was in this headspace a couple of weeks ago where I was thinking I'm not sure that trying to sell my work is beneficial to my mental health as much as the painting you know I love the painting Mm. but the selling side has been so much of a struggle I'm not sure whether it's worth continuing I don't personally think that would if I gave up the selling side I don't I wouldn't want to give up the painting side um, if I had to give up the selling side and get a second job that was unrelated to art, I know that I would need to keep painting somehow, you know, some shape or form. Um, and therefore I would still consider myself an artist and I I wouldn't see it as quitting. I wouldn't ever just quit being an artist. I couldn't quit being an artist now. Like It's just not possible um so it's I said just I think it depends on how you frame the idea of 
whether quitting is attached to the selling side or to the art side. Like, are you wanting to give up selling your art, which doesn't make you a quitter. It means that you've realised that it's taken away the passion and that the enjoyment doesn't give the benefits that you need it to. Um, but if you want, if you feel like the selling has made you lose passion for your art completely and you want to then stop art, that to me is a bit of a slippery slope of that feels quite sad that you would, you know, like allow the selling difficulties to completely take away the passion from even creating. I think it's important to have a think about why you're painting. And if you are painting to make money, if you're painting because you love painting but you're struggling with the sales side of it, it might be worth seeking out some advice on how you could improve the selling aspect of it or even I think if it's really taking the passion away from you, seeing if I think in that scenario, that's where I've always tried to have the second job. Like So when yeah. I was struggling with the sales side but loving the painting side, I had, you know, took on board graphic design jobs or whatever little jobs I could do mm. to pay the bills so that I could keep painting and so that it didn't matter so much if I sold my work or not. Mm. And then that allowed me the time and the space to grow my um, community and my collector base so that now when I do want to sell my work, the selling part of it I can almost give to a gallery or it's not quite as – I don't find it as um, – anxiety inducing it's mm. still I still hate selling I'm still I wouldn't say it's a strength of mine um, and I did certainly try my best early on to sell my work myself but I've discovered really quickly that that's not a strength of mine and so I had to find another way of going about my art practice where that wasn't mm. I, I'm not reliant on me selling my work for the most part I have other people that sell my work but it took me a long time to get there what are the reasons that make it okay to stop? Yeah, I keep reading that bit and thinking. If you're not enjoying it, then it's always okay to stop. You can always go back to it. Yeah. I think, you know, we, we talked last week about not seeing quitting as a black and white thing. Yeah. You can just, you know, stop for a while and pick it up again when you find enjoyment in it again. Yeah. I think, I think there's no shame you, in letting something yeah. go. I think this is sort of what are some of the reasons that makes it okay to stop. And you you get to decide that. <laughs> You can Absolutely. define those reasons. Mm. You know, that is that is your decision to make. No one else can tell you what what are the re- whatever reason you dis- you know, if you have a reason and you feel that reason is valid enough to make you want to press pause whether whether that's a full stop or whether it's just a comma. You don't have that that is your decision and you do not have to see that as quitting. Mm. at all so it's a mindset thing really because whatever reason you've come up with is is perfectly valid for you so a quick little shout out to people who have given us some ko-fi money this week so thank you to sophie michelle shona lee and wendy thank you so much oh and jude sorry oh and michelle oh more than i thought this week fantastic thank you so much everyone (laughs) thank you Okay. okay i came across this quote um and I just thought it was a really good one for the the kind of topic of quitting. Um, it's by Winston Churchill. And he said, never give up on something that you can't go a day without thinking about. Oh, that's good. I've got yeah. another one that's actually quite similar to that. So it's a Clive James quote. And it says, failure serves a purpose. It asks us if we want to go on making things. Mm. It's, you know, same, same, same thing, but different. Mm. And I also, I had another one, so I'm going to be greedy and do two. two. So, I know. Get you. <laughs> I know, I was so anti the quotes when we started this. airtime. <laughs> That's <boy>. me. <laughs> um, Always hogging the airwaves, Julie. <laughs> um, it's again from that Elizabeth Gilbert podcast uh, from Magic Lessons. So, I went for ages where I got recommended Elizabeth Gilbert so many times and had just decided in my head that she was too woo-woo and I wouldn't like it. Now you like her. <laughs> eat my words a little bit there. Um, is, so, that, is that a theme? 
Yeah. Um, so in one of those episodes, she's talking to a poet called Mark Nepo, and he talked about the idea of trying to be a verb and not a noun. So instead of focusing on mm. being an artist, the action would be to focus on making art. Yeah. And I, that really resonated with me. And, you know, while I would probably never take that too far and, like, if someone asked me what I did, I would never go, I make art for a living. Like, I've got to say I'm an artist, Mm. but I like the idea of where you put your focus. Mm. So instead of trying to do all the things that you think make you an artist, focus on the actual action of making art. Um, Mm. I thought that was really lovely. Mm. It somehow separates the ego a bit as well then, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, It takes away that. If you tie up a bit, like, I think if you tie your identity, I think if you tie your identity too closely to anything, it can be a little bit of a dangerous place to get into. Like when I was a mum and I felt like, well, I am a mum, but when I was just being a mother and I felt like everything I did, it was all just, I wasn't Phoebe anymore. I was just a mother and I became just a mother. And then, you know, now it's like I making art if I think, too much like I'm an artist and and so therefore I should be doing this and I should be doing that and I should be making sales and and actually if you just distance yourself from that and remove the label that you've put on yourself and just go look I'm just a person muddling through the day doing the best I can to keep my human children alive and to create some art as well it's like so much less about the identity that you've attached to that and more about the action of what your purpose of being in the world is I don't know yeah no I like that I like what you're trying to get to there I just I love that quote I'm going to listen pop a link in the show notes Julie that's your job mate oh sorry yeah (laughs) forgot all right well um Oh my gosh, we talked for too long. How are you going to cut this down? Ah, creativity <laughs> at its best. All right, my friends, thank you so much for joining us here this week. Uh, please go and like, uh, what do you need to do? You need to like, share, share. leave us a review. Um, like, how do you actually... like? Oh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> please follow, please, please subscribe. Follow, yes. Subscribe. Go and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you get notified immediately when a new podcast is released. And we appreciate all of the shares, all of the ratings, reviews, all of you. Okay, time for some food. Thank you, Julie, as always, Thanks, for being a wonderful co host. <gasps> oh! Sorry, I've got to jump in with one last thought. I'm sure that most people have actually already switched off and we started waffling about liking and sharing. No, we might and have I think that's a bit we're going to cut out, Julie. <laughs> I'm leaving it in. Leave it as a blooper. In one month, Phoebe will be coming down to Dunedin to catch up with me. We'll be Yay. doing lots of pod work while she's here. Uh, however, I was going to try and set up a bit of a meet and greet with some Dunedin, Dunedin, some Dunedin arty folk. So if you are in Dunedin and you want to catch up, shoot me a DM. Because uh, I will organise something while Phoebe's here. Yeah. I'm just thinking chips and beers and wines and a drink somewhere at a local cafe where we can all sit down and chill and talk art for a bit. So if you want to nice. join us, you know, shoot me a DM and I'll keep you in the loop. <laughs> Yay! I'm so excited. That t- it's going to be it's going to be so fun. You're going to be hearing a lot about this. <laughs> all right, gotta go. All right, bye. See you next time. Keep failing. Bye. anyway um sorry sorry that was funny <laughs> oh yeah that's what i me. feel about varnishing you're gonna take a nap in a minute i really need to take a nap in a minute i didn't get a good night's Her sleep eyes, last night your eyes are not even barely i know i'm like sleep. recording with my eyes closed <laughs> 
juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.